Yo, yo, yo. Woo. Yo. Hi. What's going on, everybody? What's up? What's up? Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday. Good to see everybody. Good to see everybody tonight. Yes, yes. Surviving the week. Surviving the week, indeed. Now, you know, Motor's going to come in here conveniently <laughs> late. Yo, lock the door. Lock the door. Lock the door. Lock the you door. know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep backstage for a minute. <laughs> what do you, you know do with your friends that are that are conveniently late? What do you do? Look, 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 look. Yes. Oh, well, look, look, look. Who's the the door is locked. The door is locked. We're not going to do this. It's gone. We're not going to do this. Exactly. No, no, no. The benediction has been said. We're on our final hymn right now. It's too late. We're done. What is it? Probation is closed. Thank you, my head. Look at that. How do you know when it's over? This is how you know it's over. This is how you know it's over. This is how you know it's over. Hello, my friends. That, all that energy. Oh, all of that. Um, I even have my high five guy here with me today. Who that high five guy? Oh my goodness. <laughs> high five. <laughs> he stays ready. Let's go. Do we, do we want to know how you got that? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. We see. Let's go. Good, good gracious. Uh, welcome, everybody, tonight to uh, the Confessions Podcast. It is so good uh, for you to join us. Thankful so much uh, for your support. Uh, we have uh, done a lot in changing just the uh, the intent of this podcast and uh, just the volume of content uh, from this podcast. But we want to thank everybody for uh, liking, subscribing, uh, following, uh, and um, just continuing to share all of this content from uh, your Confessions family. Uh, we really appreciate all the love that we've been getting uh, these last couple of weeks. Um, and we just wanted to be uh, consistent in the promise that we had for you this year to be consistent with this podcast. Um, before we start, I just want to say uh, we had a promise that we were going to do this uh, you know, sort of every other week. Um, but we had to pause for the sake of... Um, the passing of Dr. Honore, um, the former uh, president of the Northeastern Conference. And so we just wanted to take some time before we started again, uh, just by uh, conveying our sentiments to uh, the Honore family, to everybody who has been affected by uh, the loss of uh, our former president. And we pray um, that um, the, the family is continuing to find strength in this particular time and we are thankful of the promise that one day death will die amen amen, amen. all right um so let's get some housekeeping things done before we start here today uh we're we're, we're launching debuting today on the lighthouse media studios web youtube channel so if you are there you've liked and you subscribed uh to that channel you are watching us now uh, on there we are no longer on the northeastern what youtube page so if you are looking on northeastern right now i'm sorry for you 
because uh, we're not there, but we're we're, we're still uh, live on the NEC Facebook page. So shout out to everybody who's on Facebook. Uh, we see you, recognize you, uh, but what you, you want to go over really quickly to um, to our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com, um, and you're going to slash at Lighthouse Media Studio, and you'll make sure you'll get not just the Confessions podcast, but everything that is coming out from the Communications Department of Northeastern Conference. All of our new content that you will find this year is from uh, that. Also, we have been copyrighted, guys. We are up on all of our podcast uh, platforms. We're so excited about that. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, everything and everywhere you find podcasts, all you need to do is search for the Confessions Podcast and you will find it. And we're really excited because you have no idea how many downloads we've had over the last couple of weeks. And since clips have been going on on Instagram, um, <laughs> t-shirts <laughs> be made, uh, man, no, the, the numbers just kept going up. Um, so we're just we're really, 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 really thankful for your uh, support. And today we are following up with a discussion that we left in January. Uh, I think uh, an opportunity for us to do a part two to a discussion that I felt left us in the air. And I feel like today we're going to do a lot more justice to the nuances of said topic. So family, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Best believe um, I got some questions to ask. And uh, for those who are in the chat, feel free chat to take over this. Um, <laughs> we're looking forward uh, to hearing you uh, real good. The YouTube, YouTube again is at Lighthouse Media, at Lighthouse Media Studios. So make sure that you get it. Studio. You to, yeah, you have to put the studios at the end. Yeah, got to put the, the studio at the end and you'll find it. Okay. And uh, we should be there. Okay. Family, today's uh, topic is more specifically breakups and divorce. Uh, and how do you know when it's over? How do you know it's over uh, is our topic uh, for today. I want to start off with a question that I've wanted the answer for all of my life. Ladies, my sisters, this is your chance. This is your time. This is your opportunity. Help me. Help me. Ninja. <laughs> Ninja. Help me. Um, what do women want? Oh please! Uh, we're, uh, we're not doing this. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'd like to know. <laughs> Turn on your camera. No, yeah. I, no, no. But the but reason do you really I, I know? no, I do want to know. You know why? Because okay. I, I, if if we're going off the catalyst of um, relationships, right? As a man, I, and I think for I'm, I'm speaking for all the men who are in this chat. Don't do that. I, I need you to ask. Or, or I need you to help us in a relationship. What are the what what are keys that you are looking for? What are things that are fundamentals that are backbone 
ideologies, things that you stand on, things that you will not waver on, help a person that's struggling with this question. Aren't you married? Whoa. I am married. Whoa. Uh -oh. I've been married longer than everybody in this Whoa. And, and so it, it validates the question. No, it doesn't actually. Tell me why. It invalidates it because you're why? asking a recently divorced woman mm -hmm. and a woman who is widowed um, six years and counting. Is that why you're wearing black tonight? I am. I'm in mourning. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we just started. We just we haven't even gotten into it yet. You're asking different people right. to create a guideline of things that they desire, and it's not going to be the same. There's a reason why Ingrid and I will not end up married to the same man, and it's not just because the law doesn't approve it or allow it, right? It, it's because what Ingrid wants is not what Michelle wants necessarily. It's not what your wife wants necessarily. It's not what uh, Naisha wants. Like, 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 you cannot just ask one person to define it for everybody because what you're doing unintentionally mm. is you're creating a single story. You're creating a single story of what women want. And it's unrealistic because every woman's needs are different. Just like every man's needs. Right. They're the same, but they're also. <laughs> oh, wow. So, look at me. Thank you. I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking the bait. I'm backing off of it. I'm not because I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to stay focused. No, I was going to start by saying, like, we're all different. But what I will say is, I think there's this huge misconception that women don't make it clear what they, what they want. I think that a lot of men just don't want to hear what we're saying. Right. I'll be very honest. Like, I'm very direct. If you know me, you know, that's how I am. And I feel like that directness, people hear it like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they don't follow through. And then when I say, well, but I told you this is what I wanted. They act like it was a secret. Mm. That's real. So. Okay. So, so the premise is, and I'm, and I'm learning here is uh, that we should try our best not to make uniformed um, question because everyone is nuanced, everyone has. All right, so speak for you in your own experience. Are there things that you personally um, would, you know, are, are care for in regards to um, a relationship thing that, I think that you find are valued for you? What are, what, what are things that you find that are, are a little bit important for you? All right. <clears throat> wow, wow, wow. I, I need some Luther Van Draws playing in the background while I <laughs> All I got is a confession music. <laughs> I'm a simple woman. I like to think of myself as pretty simple. I need a man to be loyal to me, to be faithful to me. Don't lie to me. And that is really hard for people not to do. Because human nature is desirous of lying. And it's key in the Garden of Eden, right? When Adam and Eve hear God coming, they hide. And then when they're asked a straightforward question, it was, oh, well, the woman that you gave me. And then it was, oh, well, the serpent. And it was like nobody ever, like being just straightforward honesty is difficult because you're afraid you're going to be judged. You're afraid that people are going to look at you differently. You're afraid that your partner 
can't relate or will not respect. And I'm the person, you come straight with me, you'll never lose. If you come at me straight, you will never, ever lose. And there's this wrong ideology out there that because, you know, I'm this very outgoing, very social, very like forward person that I want a man who's going to like sit in the back seat and blah, blah. No, boo boo. You going to drive the car. Okay. My man, he's going to drive the car. My man is going to open my door. My man is going to come home to a home cooked meal. My man. Why is she doing a run? Clean house. My man. <laughs> yeah, right here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. preaching up in the podcast. My man, my man will understand my needs and put them before his own because that's what he's going to get from me. Someone who's going to understand his needs and put them before her own. And it's a process of growing together. No one comes to the relationship 100%. And I think this ideology that, oh, you got to be perfect and you got to be, no, 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 no. We can grow together. Right. There are some things that I'm not willing to compromise on. If you got another woman, miss me with that. Sorry. Just, I'm not the one. I can't share my man. I just, I don't have it in me. There are some women that are okay. You know, SZA sang a song about it. She's like, you know, you can have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. No. I don't want a weekend. No, no. Yeah. I want a Every day. 24-7. <laughs> right? So that's me. He needs to be godly because, you know, we're going to pray together. We're going to tithe. We're going to give offering. We're going to, and those are things that I'm not going to teach you. You should know how to pray on your own. You should know, you know, and, and that's just, that's what I want. That's it. Just so you know, so I had to go to my notes because I can't go over everything that I that I want. Oh, you got notes. You got notes. She got notes. No, that's one of the last things that my therapist and I worked on before we ended our sessions, right? But when I look at this list, because I really have to make it plain as I go through this next, you know, part of my life season, what I need and what I will accept. But what it all boils down to, the two major things is that I need someone that I can be interdependent with Mm -hmm. because that is critical. And because I have children, someone that loves them and respects them. Mm -hmm. So everything that I have written down pretty much boils to that because at the end of the day, our relationship is interdependence. And if you don't bring anything to the table that I can depend on you for and vice versa, it's just not going to work. Okay. So, um, I, 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 I hear that. I receive, I receive, I receive that. Um, I, I'm not going to speak for, um, I'm not going to speak for my brother here. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, 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 I found like when you speak for, or you try to think about what a man wants or what um, a man considers to be important. Um, I, I found, I find a lot of people, a lot of men's testimonies are somewhat simple. Uh, I'm not saying that this is all they need, um, but I find that there are two things that are, are extremely important. Um, number one, which sets up the reason why a lot of, a lot of times there are breakups in whatever levels of relationship. Number one is obviously respect. Somebody said in the, in, in the chat. Um, more than anything, I find that a lot of men, when you disrespect them, 
when you insult their intelligence uh, is, a, is a real big thing uh, for them. Even, you know, I find many, many of men will stay in a relationship, even if they don't necessarily feel loved, just as long as they feel respected, which is a little weird, but understand that, that I'm trying to highlight more of the, the angle of respect. Uh, but more, but secondly, and I, I think this is probably just as important, is men want women to be stewards of their vulnerability. Um, so, so have you ever, have you ever found a guy you were talking, you were talking to, or ever found a, a person that, they, you know, two people were dating and, or two people are married and that, you know, the, the woman tells the man, Hey, how you doing? And he says, I, I'm I, and you, you find walls already being built and you, you try to figure out why is that? I, I find case in point that a lot of times. There are a lot of men who build walls because at one point in their life, whether in that relationship or maybe in relationships before that, they a man trusted somebody with their vulnerability, and it it it, it, it was either played, it was you know made it was made fun of, it was it wasn't respected, it was treated with you know not necessarily the amount of care, and then when whenever a man does that, I guess they find a way to sh they shut down. Um, I remember I was I was on a a men's retreat with um, Dr. Myron Edmonds, and many of the men came with a, a conclusion of saying that a lot of times their marriages are failing simply because the 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 inability to be real in a relationship is draining because a man is. It, feels the need to always want to put up a, a you know, a, a strength or, you know, a facade of who they're supposed to be. And every single time there's an opportunity for them to be vulnerable. And if it's not treated with, you know, a certain level of sensitivity, man, it, it, it will discourage anybody to keep it real, you know, for their going forward. So those are the two things that I, that I've sort of kind of concluded is respect and the stewardship of one's vulnerability. And so what do, you, what do you think? Um, man, I used to have a list growing up. I don't have a list anymore. I think I've seen too much to have a list now. I think the thing that's most important, aside from the givens, the givens are love for God, you know, church attendance, all those things. Those are givens. Those are givens. Um, respect, all of those things, given. I think somebody who will grow with you throughout life's different seasons somebody who can evolve, who can figure out, okay, what do we need right now in this season? And how do we adapt? And how do we make it work now? How do we make it work when we have kids? And how do we make it work when our kids move out? How do we make it work when tragedy happens? I, I think that a lot of people, what happens is that you get a good list, but this, the list has an expiration date. Yeah. And you move into a new season of life. And then now that list is no longer adequate for the season that you're currently in. And it's not that the person is bad. It's just that they won't download the updates. The updates keep popping up. Times update the app and they won't update. They want to keep it right where they are. They, they, don't, have, they don't have the courage or the willingness to grow. So I think um, I think that's the most critical thing because like right now, I, I, I'm in what I feel like is one of the busiest seasons of my life. Mm -hmm. What I needed from my wife when we first got married is very different than what I need right now. But I also feel like when I graduate, what I'm going to need is going to be different. 
and she's gonna need something different from me as well. So that that's my thing. Can we evolve? Can we grow together? Are we growing together? Um, one of my mentors said this. He says, people who don't grow together grow apart. Absolutely. So we're not growing together and talking together. We're going to grow apart and we're going to grow apart from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So in sticking with the, the theme for today, things don't always work out, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, unfortunately. That's, unfortunately, right? Sometimes, um, sometimes unfortunately. Yeah. You understand what I mean? You, you, we, we break the, breakthroughs, you know what I mean? What I'm saying is, is that in this, um, the reality is that relationships don't last. Um, but is there a, is there a right way to break up? And if there is a right way, what is it? Now I can tell you the wrong way. <laughs> a story. You have a story of the ideal breakup. Of the ideal breakup? No. Ideal breakup. Because we no, no, don't over like, man, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to break it. Like, because you know before it happens, right? You you kind of know. So I'm just, right. I'm just curious. Who? Uh, <laughs> you see, you, <laughs> yo, Rod, Rodney Crazy. That, that dude. <laughs> see that? See that? <laughs> that is the Caribbean madness. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. So I, I I found I find maybe what not to do I, is sort of leaning in what Moda was saying in her her her, her ideals for a relationship of of keeping it real. I think a lot of times what 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 makes a really what what makes a breakup bad is when a person doesn't have the ability to be honest, um, to be honest about where they are. And so sometimes a lot of relationships last longer than they should simply because one or the other party doesn't have the ability to have the strength to actually tell them, listen, I've, I've moved on already. And so then you begin to start to either allow time to create other causes for you to <laughs> either cheat or whatever the case may be, simply because you didn't own up to uh, a truth that you you came to in the beginning, and, and, and being honest enough. And, and 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 can I can I also speak to the reality or two is that <laughs> that old song that says breaking up is hard to do is that that's it. And so sometimes I feel like the problem with breaking up the right way, quote unquote, is that people try to find a way to break up and there not be pain. And, or, and sometimes, or sometimes that's hard, or or, or sometimes unrealistic. Go ahead. Or still come out looking like the good person, like you know, I I did it right, and it's just sometimes sometimes you got to be willing to get your hands dirty and to do the right thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. all right, one thing I would say about breakups is don't break up and then breadcrumb. Don't break up and then you, instead of just really cutting off and creating the distance, you're dropping breadcrumbs. And then allowing things to just, you know, they keep they keep following for more. Maybe it's going to turn back yeah. into something. It's like, yo, if you walking away, walk away. You know, just rip the Band-Aid off and let it be what it's going to be. So does that mean that you start unfollowing now? When, when, what, when does that look like pettiness? 
or, 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 or do you don't care? Let it look like pettiness. That's mental health, boo boo. Yeah, let it look like. I mean, that's my thing. Other people can do it very. They can do it their own way. But for me, I'm like, let it look like pettiness. At least you're not allowing the person to continue to invest in you and to think and to wonder and to hope. Because then you're just you're just dragging that thing out, right? If if being a villain makes it easier, be a villain. Be, be respectful, but just. You're, you're going to be in the group chat anyway. They're going to talk about you anyway. Hey, they're gonna drag yes! just, just do it with integrity. You know what? Tell them the truth. This is what it is. They don't like it. They think you're a bad person. Cool. When all I right. see you at a camp meeting, you know it's going to be. All right, fine. You know, like, let it be what it's going to be. Right. You go. You going up the hill. They coming down the hill. You was going up the hill, and all of a sudden, you forgot something in the pavilion. <laughs> my keys i forgot yeah. let me go back and turn around camp uh, oh man so much drama at camp meeting you, yeah. you just sit back you watch good lord so so there is no good way because there's no good way to break up I, I think that there's a way to do it creating the the least amount of harm as possible i think i think you can you can limit of course, depending on what you did, hopefully you didn't, we're giving the people the benefit of the doubt that they did the right thing. There's a way to mitigate the, the damage. I Breaking up is hard, okay? Mm -hmm. But staying mm -hmm. with somebody who is not it is much harder. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just continuing the front of a happy relationship. It's even going to the extreme of lying to yourself because you start to believe that it might actually get better. Right. You know it's not gonna get better. Mm -hmm. For me, I don't listen. When I got divorced, I was in ministry in my first year as a pastor of a four church district. Okay, Jeez. there was nothing easy about getting divorced from a man who already was absent because of personal uh, things went on in his family. So it added to the stress of, so pastor, are you even married? Like I would get that question every single week because you're like, we still haven't met him. I got, I was introduced at my church. He wasn't there. So it, it was like, it was hard. And then they would adjust. He was at one of them. He wasn't at the other one. It was just, it was a lot. Right. So for me, when I got divorced, um, I prayed about that thing. And I said, Lord, if I'm supposed to get divorced, there are certain things that need to be clear as crystal for me because I need to be able to walk away from this clean break, no going back, no breadcrumbs, no nothing. I don't want to have any sort of connection to this individual whatsoever. And God made that possible in every, in every way, shape and form. I have no hard feelings towards him. I don't even know where he is, where he lives, what he's doing, because I don't look at his Facebook. I don't look at his Instagram. We don't follow each other. We don't talk to each other. And the Adventist circle, y'all, is like this big. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I don't know anything about him means God literally gave me a clean break. Mm -hmm. So when I say I made the best decision possible for my, for my sake, I don't say that facetiously. Who I am today is 1,000 times better than the individual that I was when I was in an unhappy marriage. 
And I realize that a lot of people stay married because, oh, the church says you have to stay married. And oh, because, you know, I'm going to X, Y, Z. And I know for me, my biggest fear was I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job if I get if I get divorced. And it just it was almost like a witch hunt from the people that were responsible over allowing me to get divorced. And that's another conversation for another day. But the truth is, at the end of the day, I believe that I'm a better person today because I made a decision to choose myself. And some people would say, well, that's it, just, it was almost like a witch hunt. They would say, they would say, uh, you know, are you sure you made the right I decision? That I'm a better person I who's today because I made it right. Okay. So I, I was like, I don't, I, it's the I, replay, the replay, it's the replay. No, go ahead. I just, I feel like, I feel like there is something powerful to being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and what you're willing to sacrifice. Because at the end of the day, marriage is a sacrifice. Divorce is a sacrifice. Being single is a sacrifice because you're always sacrificing something. Yeah. Being in a relationship is sacrificing, but it's just, what am I willing to sacrifice and what am I sacrificing to achieve? And for me, my mental health was not was non negotiable. I'm not going to be sleeping when I open checking who you texting at midnight, where you are at one in the morning, why you're not home and what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can't live that life, which is why for me, Michelle, lying is so important. It's so crucial for me. Like, don't lie to me. If I catch you in a lie, we're done. And it's because I, I have trauma. I have past trauma with that. So moving forward, I know, and I tell men right up front, like, just don't lie to me because if I catch you, it's going to be worse. You know, true. I'm not going to scratch your tires, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but so your, your, your story kind of speaks to uh, specifically in regards to a, a marriage. It's hard enough to break up when mm -hmm. you are just in a relationship. So, uh, is there a good way to get divorced? There was for um, me. Ingrid? Listen, so my situation is definitely different. And I'll be honest, I was not honest in the beginning when I knew that the relationship was over, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was so scared. Um, scared of the repercussions of the church, you know, scared because I have children with this person and whoever wants their children to be raised in a single family home to, you know, but at the end of the day, like Michelle said, I, let me tell you, me and God, we, we, we became real close because I was like, you know what, Lauren, this is what I need to happen. And I need you to just show me if this is the way that I need to go. And I have a particular prayer partner and we would talk and he's like, all right, we're going to pray and fast. And um, there were very specific things that I would ask for. And let me tell you, sometimes on the last day of the fast, the thing would just happen. Mm. And I was like, I see you, God. I, mm. I see mm. what's happening here. And he basically just kind of laid things out to take place the way that they did. And honestly, it, it created a situation in where the divorce ended up not being an ugly situation where, you know, we were able to just say, you know what, this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be for the kids, for the home, for whatever the case is. And we were able to just kind of move on with our lives. Is it easy? No, 
But at the end of the day, like Michelle said, I'm at peace. I'm happy. You know, like people see me and they're like, oh my God, like you just look so happy. You know, I lost 30 pounds. You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just doing no, it. No, Ingrid, Ingrid, real talk, you look happy. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I want to say that to you. And and I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for your happiness. Thank I'm you. I'm happy for your joy. Thank you. And both of you know my ex, you know what I'm saying? And Dudley, you grew up with a person and I don't hate them, but I am happy. And I'm happy because I'm giving myself, I'm giving him, and I'm giving our children an opportunity to be happy, mm -hmm. to be saved, mm -hmm. to build a relationship with God the right way. And hopefully for both of us to find partners that God truly intend for us because we weren't it. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, Michelle Obama has this message out now, which I agree with, where she says, Marriage isn't always 50-50. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's 70-30. Sometimes there might even be seasons where it's 80-20. And I think she's speaking to like how in different seasons, different things are required, right? Mm -hmm. um, different levels of sacrifice might, you know, might, might, might be necessary. She talks about it in her book, Becoming. And then we also in the church, we have these examples of like Hosea and Gomer and these I these these examples of like faithfulness beyond faithfulness in mm -hmm. in 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 spite of everything that he went through. And I think a lot of people, when they hear these things, they're like, okay, I hear the ideal, but how do I know when I should not be Hosea? How do I know when my age is actually destructive and hurting? How do I know the difference between when God is calling me to be Hosea and hang in there or Michelle Obama and support him through his presidency or whatever the, the ratio is and the time when it's like, all right, we out, nah, we can't do this. Right. That, 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 that's hard, especially in a time where, you know, the, 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 the cause for your own mental well-being is, is very, very palpable. People are, are really conscious nowadays, you know, um, to, to their, to their own, uh, to their own respect. A lot of people are a lot more engaged of their own health and well-being. So, you know, how do you, that's a good question. How do you know if this is God who's telling you to stick through it? Um, I, I, I kind of feel like God, God's principles never change. So in, in, in an area where there's a lot of gray, uh, you have to begin to start to realize, um, you know, is God calling you in an area of gray to, 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 to counteract his, his principles, or is what you're being called to do in a different difficult situation, um, getting you out of your own godly principles? I think godly principles are extremely important. Whether it is something that you are called to manifest in somebody else or in the relationship, or it might also trigger you to respond in a negative way. And I think that that is that's the defining line between where I know whether to stay or go. Because I believe that if in every situation in that, in, in, in the biblical example that you just gave, could we argue that each person in the relationship was challenged um, to defy God's standard? 
What you mean by what you mean by that? What you mean by that? <laughs> what, what is God? What is God's standard in that situation? You're about Hosea and no, you're right. So right. So and I'm saying to you, and so what I'm saying to you is is that um, has were they challenged to um, to hate each other? Were were they challenged to um, exude a certain <laughs> level of malice? Were there opportunities for them to um, to forget God in their season because of their marriage? You asking me? I'm, I'm asking everybody. <laughs> I don't know. That's hard. Because, I think I don't think so. You don't. Think I so. think a lot of their challenges had to do with the with the social pressure. Right? You're talking, talking about Hosea and Gomer? I'm talking about Hosea and Gomer. Mm-hmm. I don't think Gomer, I don't think Hosea was only dealing with social pressure. I think Hosea was like. With, with what? Was, with what? Not, not just social pressure. Like, right. Not, right. She, not just she was full on stepping out and he was raising yes. them with people's kids. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, and then the kids are being named after them. Yo. Joe. Just wow. Here's the question. Here's the question. God's call for for him to stay in the relationship, right? God's call for him to stay in the relationship conveyed what spiritual principle? It displayed Israel's unfaithfulness to God and God's faithfulness to his unfaithful people. Okay. The antithesis of that relationship, right? Let's say... Uh, somebody stepping out on you sort of in, in, in the same way, right? Um, how do you how do you make sure how do you how do you figure that this is a situation that God is in it or God is not in it? My answer, my answer to that is my answer to that is is how do you if you're in the situation of Gomer, right? How when are you? Where you are, Gomer, or you have a Gomer? When, when you are Gomer, Lord, Lord. So what are you saying? What, what she was doing was ministry. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? You're trying to say that that it was a sermon point? <laughs> I no, no, no. I'm not. Don't, don't do that. Don't wrap me up in that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I do find, I do find that we find a lot of strength. We come to find a lot of godly principles in challenging situations. Okay. 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 I agree. Okay. But I wouldn't say that marriage should be okay. Listen, don't over spiritualize this thing. Okay. Got right. to be careful with trying to say that I'm called to be a Hosea to a Gomer, because I promise you that that is not always the case. And my brothers, uh, my brothers, uh, my sisters. If you if you look to your left and you look to your right and you and you realize that the person that you're dating is a gomer, you you may need to you you may need to pray about how to release yourself from that yoke, okay? Because not everybody is a Bible character. Is a Bible character. <laughs> Thank you. Not everybody is a Bible character. Are, are we to use Bible characters for our own particular no, guidance? Sometimes, and- sometimes we try 
try to over spiritualize things that you just gotta cut like stop it this whole idea of like what does it look like me um for example accepting somebody's apology when they've messed up mm -hmm. right time and time again right and Edsel, help me with this because I, I need a little bit of my your counselor to come out right now there's this over spiritualization of forgiving someone and re-establishing re them and putting them back into the same position that they once held when they have mm. literally shown you Mercy. that they are not capable nor have the responsibility to be in that position. And mm. then you find yourself in the same exact issue with the same person again in a different season of your life. And you're like, how did I end up here again? Well, hello. Because when you continue to treat people not the way that, you know, we, we think that we have this, like, God almost mentality. Like, it's my job to receive. So, uh, you preaching the walls, Um, It's my job to restore them. It's mm -hmm. my job to fix them. It's my job to make them better. It's my job to elevate them. What are you guys talking about? Like, that's not my job. And I don't so have I feel to like to help put the person in, and I think it's not my responsibility. That's so please that's take over. Well, just to buttress your point, yeah, forgiveness doesn't require reconciliation. My girl's back on. So yeah. yeah, forgiveness doesn't require reconciliation. The Bible says, "Can two walk unless they agree?" If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Right. So you have there has to be repentance before this mm -hmm. reconciliation. That's right. That yeah, you don't have to go. You don't have to be reconciled. You do have to forgive. You don't have to reconcile. Okay. So the question now becomes: um, How long do you wait for the repentance? Dudley. No, no. And, and and the reason why I say this is because everybody's what I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion is, is that everybody's calling is different. Everybody's okay. conviction. So so there is there is no clear-cut way of breaking up. But what I do find is, is that if you have the conviction to stay, it's because there's a godly principle that's come that, that's coming for, with, with, with this situation, with this season, that God is keeping me in this. I, I'm feeling, all right, So my, I'm in a marriage, right? And my wife, God forbid, she's cheating on me. I have every reason to let her go. Right. In that once I found out she cheated on me, I have every license to get to, to, to let her go. Right now. What do I do? I, I could leave and I have every right to leave or I can go into prayer and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God tells me to stay. What do I do? I have every right to leave. I have every social show. The social dynamics is, it has given me the, the right and the cause to leave. Right. And so it, it now it just it comes now down to, again, spiritual principles about at the end of the day, if I'm if I'm surrendered to God. Right. I'm surrendered also to his to his leading. Right. And surrendering to his leading sometimes even supersedes what would look like a good breakup, what would look like a reason for me to leave. And, and sometimes it, it, it's not as nuanced. I don't have all the answers of the clear cut, cookie cutter. This is the way you do it. That's why I said that there's gray area. That's why every every conviction is different. That's the reason why somebody, you know, that, that person, could, they, they, they cheated on their wife or they cheated on their husband and that person stayed together. And, and, and in, in 10 years, they're actually better for it. I know that sounds so weird, but it, oh, it, no, it, it, sounds, it, 
you know what I'm saying? They're, they're better for it. But in another situation, it just didn't work out because that 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 was too much trauma, or th th that that breakup was an insult to the relationship. It was it was it was built in malice. It was it was it wasn't a, a, a slip up. It wasn't a, a situation that was deeper. That the reason why that person um, uh, uh, stepped out. It was no man. This, I I don't like this person that I'm with. I'm just gonna go do me. It, there's some selfish principles in there. And so once we begin to start to to govern, when we come now and reason together, when we have a conversation, I'm having a conversation with my spouse, and we're trying to figure out, okay, yo, what what's up with the stepping out? Where did the stepping out come from? What did it derive from? Did it derive from a spirit and a, and, a, and, a, and a principle of malice? Did it did it come and derive from a place where you know I just don't want to be with you no more, or was the situation was you, you know what I know this sounds weird, guys I know, but uh, you know it, it came from I, I'm sorry I just felt I was lonely I, I'm sorry you know um, I felt or. Don't, Mona, don't give me that, that, that thing. I'm trying to find. Uh, 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 go get some ice cream. Come you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but, or, or, or you know, the, the, hmm. there were dynamics in communication that, that, that didn't happen. This per person communicated with me better. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, listen, to listen to me. I have heard these excuses before, not from my men, but from other people's men. Okay. Nobody just slips. Into somebody's bed. No, of course not. No one wakes up either, right? At least I thought it wasn't the case. And said, you know, I'm going to cheat today. Today's the day I'm going to cheat. Now, that was the Some case people do that. Some people that do that. That was the case with me. Yeah. That was the case with me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I knew that it was time to go for me. But there are people who literally don't always just make that decision outright. Of course, no, you're right. Mm -hmm. You allow things to take away. You know, I've heard it said this way, tend your garden and your weeds won't grow. The weeds that grow will choke you out. Every little thing that you allow to pester your relationship is a weed that's growing. And those weeds will eventually choke your relationship out. True. Because now, now, if you don't tend it, it won't. It 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 literally will destroy. It. Now, what do you? So, what am I? What do you mean by by tending? Because I could see a a, a, a weed, right. one weed grow, right. and I'm like, you know what? This is caused. But I, I'm not. But I could save the field, but I just got to put more work in right. in this thing. But it's not just you, and I I'll be very. You. I'll be very honest, right? right. Toward Stop. the end of my marriage, I was very selfish, and I did a lot of things that I knew were hurtful, right? And I'm going to, listen, at the end of the day, everyone's situation is different. And like I said, let me tell you something. Anybody I meet, I'm going to make it very clear what I want and don't want. And I've always done that. And when you start to look at me in the face, right? Like my, like my Coco would say, when you try to play in my face and act like I didn't tell you something, that's going to put me in a space where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm not going to keep telling you the same thing over and over and over and over again. At some point, I have to be able to say, you know what? I've communicated this with you. It's not taking place. So something is, have, is going to have to be done differently, including the possibility, possibility that you're not going to be here anymore. 
And so it just kind of depends on the situation. And we have to be honest. I think the biggest thing is just not being honest with ourselves, not being honest with the other person. And when it comes to weeds growing, at the end of the day, there are two people that need to tend to those weeds. And if only one person is tending to them, they're still going to grow up because that one person cannot cut them all down by themselves. You're you're absolutely right. But I'm just saying, I don't want to see a weed grow and not have the conversation that are we both committed to seeing we I mean we both see this weed here yeah. are, are we both committed to d- doing the work here or you're a person where it's like yeah well I kind of like the weed or yeah well that's what happens when you don't water me <laughs> or whatever <laughs> Kelly, what I learned is sometimes both people will say yeah I see the weed and I want us to tackle it together but if you really don't know how to no matter how much you say you want to tackle it the work will never be done. But then where's Jesus in this? Where's Jesus? Where's <laughs> Jesus in the in the in the healing? Where where is the I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna lean on the everlasting arms. So I, I, I'm, I'm li- this is literally me asking. I'm not I'm not trying okay. to preach this. I'm so literally asking. Th- this is what I think. I mm-hmm. think that the Lee pointed out that God's standard is higher than legality. Right? When God says that he hates divorce, he's aiming. Yes, we can legally get divorced, right? If there's adultery or, or other circumstances that break covenant, um, yes, we can, right? But but he's he's aiming for something higher. But that should not be cause for us to just have no regard for our health, for our well-being, for our children's health. I think those are all things that we have to that we have to be mindful of. I think that in order, if there's somebody here who's like, I want to hear the answer, Pastor. Like, how do I know that it's okay to leave? My answer would be this. I believe that we have to EQ our lives to be able to hear God's voice above our pleasure and above our pain. That's all I'm saying. So what I mean by that is like, you know, the sound man at the back of your church who's like putting up this person's mic, putting up that person's mic, and you can hear the lead higher than more than, than the others. So many of us, we allow our pleasure to override God's voice. So we enter into relationships that God did not ordain. Or some of us, we allow our pain to override God, to override yes. God's voice. We can be enslaved both to our pleasure and to our pain. And if you don't know how to hear God's voice over those two things, you're not going to know what to get into and you're not going to know when to get out. You will be controlled by those two things. Mm-hmm. So, And so if you could be in the same situation, mm-hmm. you could be in the same situation of a person that had infidelity. Mm-hmm. You're in the same situation. But mm-hmm. how you handle it, yeah. Based on allowing God's, you know, the voice of God to supersede how you feel or whatever will be the guiding factor. That, that's all I'm saying is that the guiding factor has to come from the principle of leaning upon God and allowing God to 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 deal in areas where you have no idea how to deal. Like I don't know. There's no honest to God answer to this it's a very difficult thing because and that's what sin is right sin is just it, it is it makes things complicated right especially in regards to the, the 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 backbone by which god governs the earth and that's relationship right and so obviously it's going to be messy and so in all of this messiness there's no clear-cut way to say oh this is right and this is wrong and so i'm not going to do that and i don't think anybody should be able to go and judge somebody on a, some cookie cutter thing and saying well you shouldn't get divorced or you should get divorced or what nobody knows like ingrid was saying in our last podcast you, you're not in nobody's home nobody's in anybody's home to govern and figure out what's going on in certain situations but when you are in the home 
now. You're the person that's doing the breakup. It's important for us to re- realize, too, that we have to be, have a responsibility, you know what I'm saying, to know that this is not, like, like, like I'm, I'm hearing my sister Ingrid, right? I, I heard her story. I know her story, right? Her story, I feel, is governed by God. Like, I, 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 I can hear, I know, I feel that this was not a loose decision. But we, but we also don't know that either. You're right. I don't know. Like, I also trust Ingrid, right? But we also don't know that either. True. True. All right. But, but I'm just saying for, for the sake of... And we uh, should not sit in a place to try to decide if it was or it I'm, wasn't. I'm, There's a danger in that. True. But I'm saying in this, I feel like it's important when you come to a decision that it comes with the leading of God. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying is that when I heard Ingrid, I, you know, I, my, my worry would have been she came to a decision and, it, and God wasn't in it. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm 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 more you know, I'm more prone. I guess my ministry ear is more prone, you know, to to say yo because I'm supposed to be you know uh, my brother's keeper or in this case my sister's keeper. I'd be I'd be more prone to say hey what's going on? yo is this the right decision? If you didn't if I didn't hear that no I, I went to prayer with this dud. No I, I'm telling you listen you know and and and, and, and she she's given detail at the detail of how and where and why she's gotten to the place in which she's gotten to. And so in this, it's important, I feel, that God is in the leading of this. Because if God is if God is the sole premise by which we have relationship, then God is the ultimate answer by which we turn to to find reconciliation in the mess that relationship has become. I agree. I agree. And let me just yeah. let me just say this, right? At the end of the day, one of the things that was really important was number one, acknowledging that, like, first of all, like Edsel said, there was no growing together, right? And I think that's also a problem because we were connected by our pain and our insecurities, right? That was very clear. And if you don't tackle your individual issues, it is just very difficult to have a coming together of two people. And if one person begins to tackle and chip away at those insecurities and that pain and the trauma that they've dealt with, and they're watching this other person that's still living in it, 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 it's it's just too painful to, to stay in something like that. It really is. So yes. definitely just going back to what Edsel said, growing together and growing in God together is is so key. I agree. I agree. This question. This uh, is why people stay stuck. This question right here. This question right here. That's a read for it. Read for us real quick. It says, how do you respond to the constant reminders? And this is everywhere, right? This is mm-hmm. from well-intentioned people in the church, people who love you family, friends who think that divorce or breaking up is the end of the world, right? Um, Single women who feel like the ratio of men in the church that are available is really low and they're just like, I got to hang in there. How do you respond to the constant reminders that God ordains marriage and Satan destroys them? I I, I mean, how do you respond? Well, well, again, I I think that that, that 
that way of determining um, marriage and divorce in this particular example is again very cookie cutter. It's very black and white. Um, for for us to, un, to for us to just solely equate God is the one that brings people together and Satan is the one that separates them is 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 very is it's very um ignorant in in a lot of ways because God will be the one to separate sometimes and and the enemy will do a lot to try to keep some people together right so i feel like the church uh has needs to do a, a better job um preachers and teachers and church leaders elders etc we all have to do a better job in helping us to understand that relationships in all of its facets are a very, very difficult thing to manage, to govern. Uh, and in all things, our responsibility as spiritual leaders is to give people God, God's character, God's temperament in all, in all things. How would Jesus respond in certain areas to all things and allow people to use those premises to be able to start to wrestle with the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit leads them to all particular truths and, 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 and leave it to there. When the church gets to a point where it becomes the, the, the jury mm-hmm. in, deci- in, in deciding what's right and what's wrong yeah. is where I feel like, feel like things become a problem. Um, so how do we respond? Uh, we respond by hopefully being able to uh, reteach the church the nuances of life. But that's not, that, that's not your job if you're going through it, though. If you're going through it, your job is not right. teaching. But yeah. you know what? Even, even if you are going through it, like we said last time, just because I'm going through what I'm going through doesn't mean that I don't agree that that is a fact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And what my biggest hope is, and, you know, everyone knows I, I work with young people and I've had conversations with my young people. My hope is that as I go through my journey, that I'll be able to be an example, right? Not because of what I did, but with how I move forward in my life, right? Because I've learned something from it. I didn't, it's not a loose decision and I'm not out here to turn it up and just dating and do, you know, my hope is that as I continue to build my walk with Christ, if he blesses me with someone to be a partner, I'm going to do it prayerfully and I'm going to do it the way that I should have done it the first time. So I agree with the statement. I'm going through what I'm going through, but I know that what that statement says is the truth. Unfortunately, because of my circumstances and the decisions that I made in and of myself as a young woman, this is the circumstance that I ended up with, but God is still walking with me and he's helping me to navigate my new normal and whatever the future holds for me. Can I say this too, to a a little bit, to stretch a little bit of what Ingrid just said as well. I can believe, I, I believe that God does ordain marriage. I do believe that. I agree. I also believe that you have a choice mm-hmm. because you're a human being. And where there is perfect love, there has got to be the ability to choose. And a lot of times what happens in relationships is that you stop choosing each other. Mercy. And once that happens... It does not mean that God did not ordain this marriage. As people switch up. It simply means that you always have the ability to walk away from something. Yeah. 
just like you can walk away from salvation, just like you can walk away from Christ, what makes you think that you cannot walk away from another human being? Yeah. Even if it was in God's will, perfect will, to allow you to be together, to bring you guys together. And it was not in his will for you guys to separate. That does not negate that you are still free to choose. And I think what happens is we get into the place of God, even in our own relationships, where we try to force the other person to choose us. Yeah. That is not our God-given right. That's it. That's it. I hear that. Even, even, that. I'm sorry. Let me just let me just piggyback even on off that by saying that you know a lot of times we the, the example that Moda gave of even us to start deciding to leave God. <laughs> there's going to be a point in time where God decides he who's righteous, let him be righteous still. That's it. And he who's unrighteous, let him be unrighteous still. So even God gets to a point where he chooses. It. It's not my desire for anyone. It's not my desire. I didn't want this. You know what I'm saying? You I chose this. You chose it. You chose this. You chose I, this. I, I, yeah, I think that's powerful. So go ahead, yeah. E. I agree. No, yeah. I, just to reinforce that, I think the question, like, remember the pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Israel followed the pillar of cloud. And I think we just have to keep asking, where's the cloud? Where, hmm. Is that what it, I'm going where the cloud is? I'm going where the, the cloud is going there. Are you not coming? Okay, I'm going with, I'm going with the cloud. That's so, it. And then sometimes the cloud is going to be hanging over that raggedy man or that raggedy woman. And you're going to be like, God, really? You calling me? You calling me over there? And God is like, that's where the cloud is. Yes. Wherever the cloud is, that's where we go. And can I just say something? Can I just say something? And this is like super personal. So I was, uh, I was talking to someone once and I knew for a fact that God had told me that this was going to be my husband. Mercy. I knew it for a fact. You could not waver me on that. So he looks at me with a very serious face and says, and what if I marry someone else? And I said to him, darling, that's the beauty of choice. It is the ability to choose whether or not I'm going to walk the path that God has set before me. If God's desire was for me to be a doctor, but I never get up and go to medical school, I never take an MCAT, I'm not going to wake up as a doctor tomorrow. <laughs> I have to choose. Listen to what I'm trying to say to you guys. I have to choose to walk that path of faith to realize what God has for me at the end of the road. So I said to him, don't get it twisted. If I don't get to marry you, I will marry somebody else. <laughs> because it's not that God is so stank that he's going to say it's this one or bust. No, no, no. That's not what God is saying. I mean, let me sprinkle a little Bible on that, right? Because I, I thought growing up, I thought God had to choose the person Soulmate. It's soulmate, right? And I am I'm not negating God's role in instructing us, giving us wisdom and pointing out and highlighting this is who ideally I have for you. But God is not limited in who he can bless. Correct. Case in point, God blessed David and Bathsheba there. with Solomon. Preach. And again, we know God did not call that together. God did not ordain it. God did not design it. God did not call for it. It, it was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. The whole and thing. Yet, and yet. And yet the grace of God said, the next thing will come 
through this foolishness. Come and, on! And, and so, and so, we have to praise God. We have to, we have to praise God that God's grace hmm. has the ability to cover, to, to cover, and to weave yes, sir. the brokenness that is relationship. Can I ask you a question in the chat real quick? Feldini mm -hmm. asks if soulmates are biblical. Soulmates are based on a Greek mythological, blah, blah, a Greek mythology that teaches that human beings were once born together, man and woman. And that because they pissed off one of the gods, they split them and they have spent the rest of their lives trying to for that one person. Based on just the numbers of the population alone, it would be impossible that every one person would have one person designed for them. What I will say is that God has grace that's enough that even if you were to marry, as Edsel said, even if you were to marry the wrong person, and mm -hmm. by wrong, I'm not saying that there's, I mean, when when the Bible says that God works it out for you, that, that that's a real thing, okay? Sometimes, some marriages, I'm like, I don't know how they made it. Okay. <laughs> but but it's not for the grace of God. Grace, God's grace has the ability. Lord. So my point is, my point is, even if you were to marry someone else outside of the person that God would feel like would work for you, God is just so amazingly loving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That he's gonna work with us. Yes, he's gonna work with us, and 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 the and the problem, Dudley, is that we don't want to work with him. And that's exactly what I was going to say. We have to work with him. To. Absolutely, we will not become co-workers with him. You know why we won't? Because when we read Second Timothy, where it says, "Wives submit to your husbands, and husbands love your wives," we get so caught up on the little details of those texts and argue that women need to be submissive and, 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 and blah, blah, blah. We forget that men actually have the bigger calling mm -hmm. because to call mm. someone to love their wives to the place where Christ was willing to die and sacrifice himself for a church that never chose him. Woo! So don't tell me about submission. I'll submit any day if I'm gonna get that kind of husband. Golly. So I'm just saying, like, we are not honest about what it looks like to be co-laborers with God when it comes to marriage. Absolutely. Most things in our lives. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. I'm, and I'm really trying to trumpet that. I'm really trying to get us to the point where we realize sometimes these discussions and, um, you know, the cause for our intellectual growth mm -hmm. makes us want to lean on our own understanding. Mm -hmm. rather than recognizing that we have a God that we turn to Absolutely. for circumstances that are above our thoughts, our, you know, our ways, our ability to heal. Yeah. And we have to be able to trust in things that we cannot see, we're not able to understand. So then that means, Dudley, that our prescribed responses, mm -hmm. if he cheats, if she cheats, exactly. if, lies, if they do this, that's hmm. not biblical. It's, it's not, not biblical. biblical. Absolutely. Absolutely not. It's not biblical. The the, the pre-package, this is what I'm gonna do if they do that. No. If they do this, I gotta go to prayer closet and I gotta seek the Lord, and we gotta get on the same page about what we're doing next. Bro, say that, say that again, because I felt like my voice 
overspoke you. And I really want people to hear what you just said again. So, so the point that? is that the prepackaged response to if they do this and if they do that, if they lie, if they cheat, if they steal, if they, that's not biblical. You cannot know. Right. Yeah, we can't know. We have to go to the prayer closet, seek the Lord. God, what will you have me to do with this now? That's the only biblical response. Uh, Ingrid, Ingrid Philip is in my back pocket. Let me answer her real quick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we both had said it to each other. Uh, he said it first that I was going to be his wife. I prayed about it. God confirmed it for me. When I came back with the response, then he was kind of like going through a valley of indecision. And I was like, that's fine because everybody knows that I'm a lasagna. I'm, I'm a gangster, the G in lasagna. You know, I don't care. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I love him. I love him to death. But, but you know, I mean, choice is real. Choice mm -hmm. is real. So, so, you know, you just got to be in a place where you're able to understand what God has called you to, where mm -hmm. he's taking you to, and submit to that will, that will. Once you can both submit to that will, everything else becomes much easier to do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in, in the last couple of moments that we have together, I kind of also I got, I got one, one more, one more, because this, this is from the spirit right now. We don't always know, because sometimes we say things like, God told me this, God told me that. We don't always know what's conditional and what is not. That's and we true. act like everything is unconditional that God says. And that is not always the case. Case in point, Jonah. All we knew from the whole beginning of the story was these people going to die. Nineveh, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. Then we find out, oh, it's conditional. Conditional. Yeah. It's yeah. conditional. So I just want to put that out there. Sometimes we move with so much confidence about like, this is the person and that's the person, but we're not taking into account the conditionality attached to that as well. Oh, and, and sorry, sorry, spirit, spirit deposit, spirit deposit. Sorry, sorry. Um, one more thing, mm -hmm. like God speaks two ways. Whenever it comes to a relationship that affects somebody else, God speaks two ways. When Abraham was told he was going to have a son, Sarah heard it. Mm. When Adam was given instructions, Eve heard it. I just want to be clear. Like when you pray for something and it has to do with your spouse, I'll never forget it. One pastor told me the story that when he was called to ministry, when he got married to his wife, she made him promise that she would never become, he would never become a pastor. She made him promise. And he said, okay. And what happened over time is he got a call to become a pastor. Mm -hmm. And he said, he said to me, Michelle, I was driving in one car. My wife was in another. And I looked over in the stoplight at my wife and she was bawling on her steering wheel. Mercy. And when we got home, he said, honey, she goes, I already know. God already told me. And I believe that sometimes we don't emphasize enough that you need to marry somebody that is equally almost as connected to God mm. as you are. Because there are things and assignments that God is going to give you that if you don't have a person with the spiritual maturity to be able to hear and listen to God's voice and follow those instructions, that person is going to be a nail on yes. your Yes. 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 You need to be sure. The Fact. fact that God spoke to his wife before he even Compliment opened time. his mouth about it. Mm -hmm. If it affects somebody else, I do right. believe with biblical references that God speaks two ways. Yeah.
And, and, I, and I think it's important for us to know that. So I remember my late father told me one thing that was important in, in thinking about marriage. He said, Dud, make sure you marry somebody that when you have, when you guys are going through whatever you're going through, she's praying to the same God that you are. Mm. Mercy. 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 Make sure, make sure that when you are, you are, you are linking yourself with somebody who responds to conflict the way you respond to conflict. Mm-hmm. When you, when, when you went on your knees, that she already beat you. And she's already on her knees in her in, in her side of the room mm-hmm. praying as well. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a person that has the, the ability to do that, that's 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 a true definition of unequal yeah. yoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I wanna I wanna I want us to get I want us to land somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we I think we did land, but there's one one topic. That I feel like it was important. That's that's speaking to um, the, the the person that's married right now who's struggling in their marriage. Um, the person right now who is at a point where they're they're not trying. They, they they've not come to a decision and trying to justify it, but they're in the they're in their season where they they feel like they need to make a decision. Um, there's a video that Edsel had. I'm not gonna play it. I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> Why? Michelle, we'll talk about it after. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> there's a lot of choice words in it, right? Yo, oh, your boy, your boy edited it. I did, I did, I did edit it, but the edit seems even more abrasive okay. than if you would have just played it. So I, I don't want all the. Beep, 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 beep. Why would you believe it? You should have just. Silenced it. I know I should have I should have silenced that. <laughs> we, 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 gotta follow up. we gotta do a follow-up. We gotta do a follow-up. We gotta do a follow-up. Yeah, but but it, it was such a it was such a powerful video. Um because I believe that there's a lot of um couples who are struggling um in their marriage because they have not surrendered to godly principles. Mm-hmm. And they are leaning a lot how they feel. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I won't, I won't lie to you in the beginning of my marriage. Remember in, I think last podcast, I, I was t- talking to you Moda and I was telling you, you know, I had, you know how Edsel said he had blind spots in his past. My marriage allowed me to realize I had blind spots in my present. Mm-hmm. Where I wasn't able to see and realize certain things about my character that marriage puts me to the test. Marriage put me to the test. It allowed me to see certain things about my character. And now where, you know, the first couple of years in marriage, I would see the dishes pile up and I'm kind of like, and now best believe I, I'm, I'm washing. And, and I'm, I'm realizing that I'm, I'm a different person today. By God's grace, mm-hmm. I'm a different person today than I was yesterday, and I and that's solely based on leaning on God's love, understanding what God's love is, mm-hmm. and begin to start to love someone the way God would want me to love them, versus allowing people to be subjected to love them the way I want to be loved, uh, and that gets really murky. Um, so for, for for you guys, family, talk to me. Um, we have all been married. Has 
help somebody today in their marriage um, who's, who might be suffering because there are blind spots they're unable to see? Is there an area of marriage that someone might have so much tunnel vision that they're not able, they're not seeing the bigger picture that you allow, that you could allow them to realize, no, it's about this too. And, and I, I don't want to throw you out to the fire without first giving you an example. So for me, I want to say to somebody tonight, I want to say to a married couple or a potential married couple, or you know, somebody who's about to get married um, soon or in the future. Um, one big thing, one big blind spot that I don't want someone to fall into is uh, the is the blind spot of of feeling like both of you deserve equal recognition. I found in marriage that there are seasons for different people. Mm-hmm. And there's a season where this person needs to be recognized. And sometimes that season doesn't necessarily mean that you need to shine. And so the best way that you can be in a marriage is to support your partner in their season to be great. Um, that's one thing that I've, I've learned a lot in my marriage is learning the give and take of being able to allow someone to, to, to be supported in their season. Uh, to, 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 I'm, don't get me wrong. There are opportunities where you can share in your season, but when you have an opportunity to support somebody, like so, sort of like what the example that you gave, um, E, when you talk about the Michelle Obama uh, c- circumstance, right? Um, and, you know, what, what was she doing when he became president? She had to sort of take a back roll, the 70-30 sort of thing. It, it's important for us um, it's important for us to know that your, 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 your spouse's triumphs are your wins also. Their success is your success, right? You're not to quote Chris, Chris Rock, but you play that tambourine, bang that tambourine hard because there are lead singers and there are people in the black playing their tambourine and you better shake that tambourine like, you know, <laughs> like depending on it because your spouse's success is your success. Anybody else has anything? Or I mean, I think I would say that you have to always remember that you're still you. What do I mean when I say that, right? You're in a marriage to become one. We understand all of that, but you have to feed yourself. You have to continue to feed yourself. You have to continue to grow. You have to continue to recognize who you are as an individual so that you can continue to pour into your spouse, right? You can continue to pour into each other. I feel like sometimes we get lost in our spouse's identity and we don't know how to be an individual anymore. And that is critically important to our development and to help us to maintain healthy relationships. Because at the end of the day, you never want to wake up. And I've heard this. You can be married for years and years and years. And then you wake up one day and you say, I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. And you never want to get lost in someone else just because. Mm -hmm. You love them. You support them. You Mm -hmm. affirm them. Mm -hmm. But you are still you. And you be able to maintain that. Mm -hmm. The thing that I want to say to individuals that are engaged 
and not yet married is you're not married until you're married. So you can still walk away. Do not get caught up in the idea that because I'm engaged and, you know, wearing counseling and whatever the case is. Oh, I know we have some little hiccups here and there. You're not married yet. And so ensure that until you get to that day, if there are things that are, you know, red flags or if you feel like there are blind spots, I'm not saying cancel the wedding, but if you need to push it back to make sure that this is what you need to do, yeah. then do whatever is necessary because it's not about those people that are going to be sitting there, you know, cheering you on. It's about what you're going to have to do when the wedding is over. So. Yeah. I remember, I remember, uh, Dr. Joseph, um, Ainsworth Joseph, he, he be constantly when he um, people ask him uh, to marry them, he says, "Do you did you pick a, uh, a wedding date?" And they're like, "Yeah." He's like, "Then I'm not marrying you." He said, like, "How do you, how do you know that at the end of this conversation, this counseling, y'all gonna want to stay stay married?" That's it. So, no, I, I'm, I'm gonna need you to cancel that date and wait until the marriage the, the marriage counseling is over. Yeah. For you to what it is. Hundred percent. You might want you might want to step away. That's it. And you might feel so much pressure because you already bought the dress, mm-hmm. you already have the suit, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The, you know, the cake is done, you know? Yeah. It's true. It's true. My wife and I got pre-engagement counseling. We got the okay. premarital counseling before we got engaged. Before you saw a Facebook post, before you saw any of no 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 no. We did the work to make sure that we agree on the critical things, that we have the tools to make it work. And that's what I would recommend. Um, if you are Heading down that path as much as you can. Do the work before you make an announcement, before you propose. See if, if the tools are there. If the tools are there, as the different seasons of life arise, you're going to have the tools necessary to make it work in those different seasons. If you are in the middle of a situation and you feel a lot of pressure to stay in spite of how the spirit might be telling you, listen, this is not healthy. This is not good for you. It's not good for your kids. It's not good for your life. I, I want to say this. Paul makes a call. He says, God has given some of us the gift to be single. <laughs> and so many people who are single are so sure that's not my gift. That's not my gift. But then suddenly, when we get into marriage, we look at the story of Jose and Gomer. And we suddenly believe that's my call. You better preach. And there should be some balance here where just as as you think you're sure that that's not your gift to be single, let us not take this example of God's love and now now superimpose it on every single situation around us and think, but that's me. The same way we're able to listen to Paul and be like, ah, that's not me. We should also have enough discernment, walk with God to be able to say, that's also not me. Free um, and we as a church body, we just got to know if we're not in the house, we're not in the marriage, we don't know what is going on. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling and you're wondering who will understand, there are mothers in Zion. There are people in the church who are wise enough. They've lived long enough to know that anything can happen to anybody. Anybody. Yeah. Anything can happen to anybody. There's some people, they don't know what I'm talking about, but the people who have lived, who did the right thing and things still fell apart, you know, anything can happen to anybody and they know how to give grace. It's not your job to convince everybody. It's not your job to plead your case. Mm -hmm. Find the people who know grace, the people who are wise, the people who are understanding, surround yourself with them 
and let them get you through. Not every friendship is for every season. Some friends, they, they haven't gone through enough to be able to support you in certain areas of your life. Find the people who can um, and uh, just allow God to lead you. Follow the cloud. Yo, Ethel said before, before you post, have the pre-engagement counseling. And I was going to say, man. there is something about that privacy versus secrecy. And there is a need sometimes to be private, and it doesn't mean that you're a secret. But that's, that's another conversation. My God. <laughs> that's another conversation for another day. Here's my advice. If you're married, if you're married, if you're married, I'm going to give you the quote, and then I'm going to give you the why, and then I'm done. Try it another way before you walk away. Hmm. Right? Try it another way before you walk away. There's something called a Jahari window. And what it says is that there are four things that you have to understand. First, it's you have to know what I know about myself. That's what I'm saying. What I know about myself. Yes. The second one is what you know about me that I don't know. That's mm -hmm. another window into me. Mm -hmm. There are things about me that I don't know are there, but you know that they're there. Okay. Oh, she's preaching. There's a third one which is what we know about me. So mm -hmm. there are things that you know about myself mm -hmm. and there are things that I know about myself and we know those things together. Mm -hmm. But this fourth window is the most dangerous one. And it's what I nor you know about myself. Mm. Oh, oh. That's the window. I'm taking that. That a lot of people, that's the window that a lot of people make decisions from. What they don't know about themselves. So you go into a relationship not fully knowing you. Mm -hmm. When someone else points out things about you that you didn't know about you, you get mad, you get irritated, you're ready to cut them off, you don't want to talk to them anymore. And it's just, it's a problem. You can look it up, guys. This is not my theology. This is an espoused theology. It's called the Jahari window. And basically, That's so good. the four things. What we both know about me, what I know about me that you don't know, what you know about me that I don't know, and what none of us knows about ourselves. Mm. So go ahead, Ethel. No, 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 no. Finish. <laughs> so, so what happens is if I'm not willing to understand that there are things about myself that I'm blind to, according to these windows, there are at least two places of my life where I'm blind. I'm blind to what you know about me and I'm blind to what I don't know about myself. And if I am not willing to try it another way, then I'm gonna keep getting the same results. And my relationship will end, not because of them, but because I'm unwilling to admit that I have things that I need to work on. Wow. And if somebody continues to show me these things, then maybe it's really not them maybe it is me what are you gonna say Ethel? so here's your homework for today as <laughs> family Give the here is the spiritual discipline that will help you with your jahari window if you confess your sins mm. he is faithful and just if you confess your sins <laughs> There's a difference between admitting your sins and confessing your sins. And too many of us yes. all we do is admit our sins. Hmm. But confession is a much deeper and vulnerable process. Where we not only admit what we did, 
But we ask God, search me. Yes. Show me why I did what I did. Oh, yes. Why did this happen? Why did I do this? How did this happen? If you are not confessing, you will not know yourself. You cannot accept when other people know stuff about you that you haven't seen about yourself. Mm -hmm. If the confessions family were to take yes. confession seriously, and instead of tonight before you go to sleep, Lord, these are the things. This is the list of this. This is the list of things I did. I need forgiveness for this. No. God, why have I been doing this for 20 years? Yeah. Why am I still stuck in this? What is going on in me that finds pleasure in what hurts mm -hmm. you? Ask God the hard questions and ask God to reveal it to you. Because until you know yourself, you will never know what you're capable of, yes. both good yes. and also evil. You will not know. And what will end up happening is that you will only be as faithful as your opportunities. Some of y'all think y'all faithful just because you've never been faced with real temptation. And then you people faced with real temptation, and then you say, oh, I would never do that. You don't know that because no, no. you never faced all of that. And you haven't confessed enough to understand what you're capable of. The people, there are people who are afraid of themselves. And those are people who know themselves. Because mm -hmm. they know you put me in this situation and I can act a total fool. Crazy. Let own self be Crazy. true. That's it. So let's confess. Let's learn to confess. confess. Let's learn to confess. That's it. That's, all. that's, that's the homework. Not, not just admitting. Let's confess. Mercy. You send your offering to. No, I'm <laughs> I know. <laughs> Family, we want to thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight. Yes. Thank you so much for you uh, joined us in this. Very difficult conversation. Listen, mm -hmm. and let me remind everybody, um, the four of us, we discuss what the topic is going to be, but we don't know what we're going to say. That's so true. A lot of times, a lot of things that we say, we're, we're, we're hearing it for the, for, in real time, and um, we're, we're trying to try to govern uh, the best way we can. Uh, but we hope that this has been a blessing uh, for you, and we hope that you're continuing to grow uh, from the efforts that we do here at the Confessions Podcast. Before we go, make sure that you uh, follow, like, and subscribe our new YouTube channel, Lighthouse Media Studio. Lighthouse Media Studios at Lighthouse Media Studio um, to make sure you get all the content that's coming up on YouTube if you want to see our faces. But if you don't, if you want to just listen to us in the car, you know, on the train or travel everywhere you want, want to, we are on all of your podcasting platforms. Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Google, everything that you need. Make sure you follow us, search for us, download our episodes, go back to previous episodes, listen to them again, listen to them again, get yourself caught up for what's going to come up in the future. And we're so thankful, so thankful that you are making the Confession Podcast, one of the hottest podcasts in all of Adventism. Uh, we are really, really excited uh, about that. So uh, do that for us. We would really appreciate it. And this is us uh, signing off today. We'll be back in two weeks, uh, God willing. And until then, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your weekend. Uh, that's it. Peace. Ooh. Get it, guys. Get it. That's a good one.
That's fire. Yeah, that was dope. 